From the capital city, I'm Jazz Garrett. Around 10.45 a.m. Capital City Fire and Rescue began responding to a structure fire on Stephen Richards Drive. This is a developing story. Rochelle Bonet, Programming Coordinator for the Juno Arts and Humanities Council, talks about March's first Friday. We're really excited. We have 18 different uh, participating locations this month, which is like kind of like pre-pandemic numbers, so that's really cool to see. We have a new show in the gallery at the Jack. It's uh, called Perceive. American. It's by Anari Kailanen, and she's a painter, and she will be doing an exhibit that kind of talks about her feelings about being an American and being perceived as an American. And Tracy Ferguson-Hayes, marketing coordinator for The Jack, says what's coming up next. It's so exciting. We have the Juno Piano Series. We have three concerts coming up. First concert is on March 10th, and then the following weekend, there are two concerts on March 17th and March 19th. You can purchase those tickets just at jahc.org. On March 22nd is Jack's Stress-Free Art Night. This month's theme is drawing. It's a $5 suggested donation. And then starting on March 23rd, Jack will start offering cooking classes. They are cooking classes with Spice Juno. One is a vegetarian class on the 23rd. The other is a like meat, non-vegetarian class. And then tickets for that are very limited. We're trying to keep the kind of class sizes a little bit small so people get that one-on-one personal experience. And those tickets are $150 each per person, per class, and then dinner is included. All you have to do is bring your apron. To get involved, reach out to jahc.org. Beth Weigel, museum director for the Juno Douglas City Museum, joined Dano on Capital Chat this morning. Weigel invites the community to the museum's first Friday. Kick off our community art exhibit, which is a series of artworks submitted by community members of all different kinds of abilities and ages, and they've created 12 by 12 pieces of art that um, relate to the theme of opposites. It's the 19th annual 12 by 12 community art exhibit that will be available to view until April 15th. It features 30 entries of all different ages. Tom Moker is a community volunteer and local musician as well as a coach slash teacher. He's excited for music to accompany art. In the main gallery space of the museum, we're also going to have some students play atmospheric. Part of looking at physical art is having music in the background to sort of enhance the experience for the patron who comes to see. I've played at a number of opening receptions at the City Museum, and at one of them, Beth and I talked, and we, we talked about having students come in and play as a way to sort of build up the museum a little bit, get more patrons in. I reached out to 15 local private teachers and asked if they had any students who would be interested or ready, and I can hardly believe it. We, we have five students who are ready to do this, and they're going to all be there today. Three will be playing piano, and two are playing the violin. Instructors will also be playing piano and guitar. The youngest student is 10 years old. Three are teens, and one is a college student. Stephen Burns is an assistant director at the Mendenhall Glacier Visitor Center. He warns the community to be cautious of thin lake ice, especially as temperatures are warming and changing. Winter travel in and around Menhall Lake carries great risk. The thickness and quality of the ice can really vary from one area of the lake to the other. It's always thinner near flowing water wherever there's creeks or streams that you see or don't see like Steep Creek 
Nugget Falls, but there's also other streams flowing into the water. And of course, at the face of the glacier, there's the risk of ice calving or falling, and this this happens year-round, and that can really do a lot of damage in front of the glacier with the ice shattering and uh, a radiating kind of pattern of cracking through the ice that can expose people to open waters. While the U.S. Forest Service doesn't restrict people from recreating on Mendenhall Lake, they want the community to understand the risks. Our goal is to make sure that people are aware that the ice is always changing, especially with the change in weather that we've had throughout this winter. Uh, The stability of the ice is not the same from one spot to the next across the very large lake that is Mendenhall Lake. And most people that do fall through the lake ice are near the glacier's face. And in that area, there are really strong currents with poor visibility. The glacier uh, is extending into the water and the water is very turbid and, and unclear. And so if you fall in there, the chances of you getting out are not very good. And we just want to make sure that as spring is coming and the temperature is oscillating between warmer and colder temperatures, snowy and not, sunny or overcast, that lake ice is going to change. The quality of it is going to be changing. It already is. Burns says what the typical response should be if someone falls into the lake. Somebody falls into the lake, um, whether it's you or your dog, just had a dog fall in about a month ago and it did safely get out. You want to get out as quick as possible, but few options are available. So first of all, call, call 911. If someone's in your party, call 911 so first responders can be on their way to you because if, if you're at the face of the glacier, it's a 1.7-mile walk back to the visitor center in the parking lot. And by that time, uh, there will be some severe physiological things happening to the victim's bodies. You want to have first responders on the way, so immediately have somebody call 911. If you do decide to recreate on the lake, make sure you don't go alone and have a change of clothes and warm blankets prepared. Coming up next on News of the North, Juno Animal Rescue has put out a PSA about canine parvovirus being seen in Juno. On Wednesday, the Alaska Congressional Delegation, along with union leaders, spoke at an event outside the U.S. Capitol to reapprove the Willow Project. Coming up next with Jordan Lewis. Welcome back to News of the North. I'm Jordan Lewis. Juno Animal Rescue has put out a PSA about canine parvovirus being seen in Juno. Dr. Tracy Ward with Juno Animal Rescue says they want people to be aware, but it's no reason to panic. I want to emphasize it's not um, it's not what we would consider a, a huge outbreak at this point. The veterinarians in the community that I have talked to, which is most of them, seen a total of I believe seven cases. So it's not uh, it's not a rampant outbreak or anything like that yet. But because the disease is so infectious, um, we're we're concerned primarily because it that is quite unusual for Juno. I've been here for five years, and this um, the cases that I diagnosed this weekend were the first time I've seen parvovirus. I've talked to um, two other local veterinarians who both said it's been at least 10 years since they had diagnosed the case. They want to get the word out to prevent future cases. These are the signs to look out for. The signs of parvovirus are primarily vomiting and diarrhea that often becomes bloody. The dogs are usually lethargic, they don't want to eat, and there's often rapid weight loss associated with the infection. All cases in town have been puppies so far. While parvovirus most commonly affects puppies or immunocompromised dogs, it can sicken even healthy adult dogs. Parvovirus is um, a highly infectious gastrointestinal virus of dogs. It's 
spread by contact with contaminated feces or less commonly vomit. And it's most concerning in unvaccinated dogs, especially um, young, younger dogs. It's much more common in puppies between two and five months of age. Here are ways to protect your dog. We typically recommend that puppies don't have um, contact with unvaccinated dogs um, or go places where um, you don't know the status of all of the other dogs. So high traffic dog areas like um, off-leash parks, doggy daycare, the more um, common trails and areas where people take their dogs to walk like airport trail would be places that I would avoid until my dog had completed their vaccine series. So there are excellent vaccines that can protect dogs from from parvovirus. Junal Animal Rescue has a vaccine clinic every Tuesday afternoon. They're actually combination vaccines. There's a number of other infectious diseases that would be also protected from at the same time. The recommendation is for puppies to start getting those vaccines at between six and eight weeks of age and continuing to get them every two to three weeks until they are at least 16 weeks old and in some high-risk breeds, um, because there are some breeds that are more susceptible to parvo, we actually recommending, um, recommend continuing vaccinating until they're 20 weeks old. Higher risk breeds are pit bulls, Labrador retrievers, Doberman pinchers, and Rottweilers. You can call Geno Animal Rescue at 907-789-0260 to make a vaccine appointment. On Wednesday, the Alaska Congressional Delegation along with union leaders spoke at an event outside the U.S. Capitol to reapprove the Willow Project. The first one to speak was Senator Lisa Murkowski. We have whaling captains, we have young people, we have elders, we have unions, labor behind us, standing with us in, in agreement. Why are we all here in support of the Willow Development Project? What is it all about? It can be summed up in one word. It is about security. It is energy security, yes because we are developing a resource that not only this country needs, but certainly the world still needs. Senator Sullivan then took over from Senator Murkowski. We have challenges all over the world. One of our strongest instruments of American power is American energy. And yet this administration has gone out of their way to shut down American energy, make it harder to produce, harder to move, harder to finance, and when the resulting implication of those policies is higher energy prices on working families, they go to Saudi Arabia on bended knee to beg them for oil. They go to Venezuela and say we're going to lift sanctions on Maduro, a terrorist, so he can produce more oil. Mr. President, don't beg Saudi Arabia, don't beg Venezuela, get it from Alaska. Representative Peltola then spoke on the natives who were in favor of the Willow Project. A lot of people here who are Inupak from the North Slope region, this is their region, this is their land, this is about their sovereignty and their autonomy to go forward with their um, economic development, which will help the state of Alaska. It will help residents across our state in every school, public safety, public transportation. It will help the nation. 
and uh, we have many, many supporters from across the Alaska Native community, not just Inupaks. I'm Yupik. We have Athabascans in this audience. We have Clinkets. We have EACs. Um, across the board, Alaska Natives are standing in support with Inupaks. Never miss a story or a newscast at knyradio.com. Now you're up to date. I'm Jordan Lewis for News of the North.